Good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Good to welcome those who are visitors and welcome too to those who are joining us via the live stream. You are all most welcome here in the old parish. Let us worship God. We sing to his praise and glory, hymn 100, being Psalm 145, O Lord, thou art my God and King. Call to prayer comes from Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise in the wings of the dawn, if I settle in the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. Let us pray. God of all the ages, you are our maker and redeemer, and you are familiar with all our ways. We come this new morning to worship you in the beauty of holiness. We come because you are our God and King. And with thankful hearts we kneel before you, the one whose greatness no one can fathom. 
Lord God, eternal yet ever-present, this world and all that is in it belongs to you. Humbly we draw near to you, and gladly we rejoice in your mercy, which is forever sure. Lord of all being, we confess we are not always the people you call us to be. We can be lukewarm in our commitment to you. We are quick to find fault in others while being blind to our own faults. And often we are so consumed by our needs that we ignore the needs of those who are around us. Lord God, you despise nothing that you have made, nor do you treat us as our sins deserve. Forgive us all that is wrong in our lives and enable us to begin afresh and to give our all to you, the one who knows us and the one who has compassion on all you have made. God of all the ages, bless us now as we gather in Jesus' name. Help us as we lift up our songs to lift up our hearts also, and hear us now as the one people we say the prayer our Saviour taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. A few intimations to draw to your attention. The Finance and Property Committee will meet at the church on Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock. A reminder that our own company of the Boys Brigade will have their annual quiz night this coming Friday at half past seven in the parish halls. And tickets costing £7.50 can be purchased at the hall door. Please do come along if you can. And if you do plan to come, bring a smartphone or tablet as the event will be paper-free. Very environmentally friendly, the boys' brigade. But it's always a great night. I never do well at it myself, but it's great company. That's this coming Friday at half past seven. And then a week on Tuesday, we have the Tuesday group burn supper in the hall at 7.30, and tickets costing £12 are available today in the McMichael Chapel. The Kirk Session will meet on Tuesday the 30th of January at half past seven and advance notice that articles for the spring edition of the parishioner, it's nice to think about the spring, isn't it? Articles for the spring edition of the parishioner should be submitted by the 11th of February. I wonder how many of you have an Alexa at home. How many of you have an Alexa? But up your hand, just out of interest. Oh yes, there's quite a few, quite a few. 
That's great. Well, I've got an Alexa. She's in the back sitting room. <laughs> and I don't speak to her all that often, but I'll maybe say now, play some music, or what time is it, or what temperature is it outside? And she'll tell me. Wonderful. However, the other evening, when I asked what temperature it was outside, she answered, Good evening, Gary. <laughs> and told me the temperature. I was amazed, surprised, shocked. But I was also touched, so I thanked her most sincerely. <laughs> Calling someone by their name, I think, is very affirming. It's important. In the New Testament lesson today, we encounter an individual Is it the battery? Is the battery going down? No. We're back in business anyway. Nathaniel was a very interesting character. And Jesus saw him and he spoke to him and he said as Nathaniel approached him, here is an Israelite worthy of the name. Here is an honest man. And Nathaniel was totally surprised. He couldn't understand how did Jesus know him. It's amazing, isn't it? As we read the Bible, time and time again, we are told that God who came to us in Jesus not only knows us by name, he knows all that there is to know about us. He knows what we're thinking. He knows how we're feeling. He knows what we're going to say even before we say it. And even though at times we get things wrong and make mistakes, God has promised to be with us always, to always be there as we journey through life. Such is his care. I came across this very short poem the other day which I would like to share with you. If you think that God doesn't hear you, then that really is a shame. Not only does he hear you? He knows you by your name. Let's sing that great hymn, hymn 530, One More Step Along the World I Go.
the Word of God, the first book of Samuel, chapter 3, beginning at verse 1, reading through to verse 10, page 227, page 227 in the Pew Bible. Hear the Word of God. The boy Samuel was in the Lord's service under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rarely heard, and there was no outpouring of vision. One night, Eli, whose eyes were dim and his sight failing, was lying in his usual place, while Samuel slept in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Before the lamp of God had gone out, the Lord called him, and Samuel answered, Here I am, and ran to Eli, saying, You called me, here I am. No, I did not call you, said Eli, lie down again. So he went and lay down. The Lord called Samuel again, and he got up and went to Eli, Here I am, he said, surely you called me. I did not call my son, he answered. Lie down again. Samuel had not yet come to know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not been disclosed to him. When the Lord called him for the third time, he again went to Eli and said, Here I am, you did call me. Then Eli understood that it was the Lord calling the boy. He told Samuel to go and lie down and said, If someone calls once more, say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Then the Lord came and standing there called Samuel, Samuel as before. Samuel answered, Speak, your servant is listening. And we read also today from the Gospel, the Gospel of St. John, the first chapter, beginning at verse 43, page 79. John chapter 1, beginning at verse 43, page 79. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He met Philip who, like Andrew and Peter, came from Bethsaida and said to him, Follow me. Philip went to find Nathanael and told him, We have found the man of whom Moses wrote in the law, the man foretold by the prophets. It is Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Nazareth, Nathanael exclaimed, Can anything good Come from Nazareth. Philip said, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him, he said, Here is an Israelite worthy of the name. There is nothing false in him. Nathanael asked him, How is it you know me? Jesus replied, I saw you under the fig tree, before Philip spoke to you. Rabbi, said Nathanael, 
You are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe this? Because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Then he added, In very truth I tell you all, you will see heaven wide open and God's angels ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Amen. And may God add his blessing to these readings of his own holy word. To his name be the glory and the praise. We sing the hymn 542, hymn 542. Lord, speak to me that I may speak.
Let us pray. Almighty God, you are worthy of all thanks and praise. Joyfully we sing of your goodness, and gladly we lift our hearts to you. Loving God, you made the world we inhabit. At this time when there is so much conflict, we pray fervently for peace between the nations. We remember all who are in positions of authority, and we seek your blessing on peacekeeping forces. Equip them, O God, for the work they have to do. Almighty God, as we rejoice in the immeasurable beauty of your creation and give thanks for the slight but welcome increase in daylight and for the wonderful sunrises and sunsets at this time, we praise you for your enduring goodness to us and for the knowledge that there is no night without a dawning and no winter without a spring. Loving God, Lord of all, yet concerned for each one of us, we come before you just as we are, with all that gives us joy and all that causes us pain. Meet with us the one who knows our innermost secrets and grant even now that our burdens may be lifted and our souls revived. Almighty God, your son saw Nathaniel from a distance. We hold before you today all who feel isolated or who are removed from their normal surroundings through illness or infirmity. Sustain them with your love and be a comfort to all who mourn. Loving God, we give thanks for your church in all the world and for your church here in Scotland. As we recall how Philip led Nathaniel to Jesus, we pray for a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit and for a renewed understanding of our calling as a church and as individuals, which is to make Jesus Christ known through the words we speak and the lives we live. Gracious God, hear this our prayer, and with it the silent prayers of our hearts, through that same Jesus Christ, the great King and Head of the Church. Amen. We worship God in the hymn 608, hymn 608, Spirit of Truth and Grace, come to us in this place.
Can anything good come from Nazareth? What a thing to say! And what a damning indictment of that particular village. Had we been there and belonged to Nazareth, I imagine we might have taken Nathaniel to task. Isn't it true? It's one thing for us to be critical of our own village, town, or city. But if someone else, someone who does not belong to the village, town, or city is critical of it, it's amazing how our hackles can rise and we become very, very defensive. Nathaniel belonged to Cana. And as far as he was concerned, Nazareth was definitely not the kind of place that anything good was likely to come from. And therefore, when Philip spoke to him and said, We have found the one foretold by prophets. It is Jesus from Nazareth. Nathaniel cannot hide his disdain for the place. He cannot believe what he's hearing. It's almost as if he's saying, you're having a laugh. I find it very interesting that Philip did not argue with Nathaniel, which would have been understandable. What do you mean? What a terrible thing to say. Why are you so judgmental? Philip could have said such things, but he didn't. Instead, he said to Nathaniel, Come, come and see. Both our readings today have as their theme the call of God. The first reading from Samuel is one that many of us will know well, and it's one that we can easily picture in our mind's eye. The boy Samuel is sound asleep. But if he thought it was to be a restful night, well, he was in for a surprise. During the night, he hears a voice calling to him. Naturally, he thinks it's Eli, the aged, devoted high priest. And he goes to him. But it wasn't Eli. And the same thing happened a second time and then a third time. Can you picture poor Samuel trying to get asleep? He's disturbed, back to bed, trying to get to sleep again, just falling over, and here is that voice again. But each time he responds. And it was then that Eli 
realized it might be the Lord's voice that Samuel was hearing. And therefore he said to him, Samuel, if you hear that voice again, say these words. Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And that's what happened. God was calling Samuel into his service, and Samuel, young Samuel, responded to the call. Samuel's call, like that of many of the prophets we read about in the Old Testament, was dramatic, to say the least. It was like that of Paul on the road to Damascus. There was no doubt or ambiguity. And I think many people are of the view that that is how it is when God calls people into his service, whatever form of service it might be. However, can I put it to you today that the calling of Philip and Nathaniel challenges that assumption. Though God's call can come suddenly and clearly, there are times when it is more gradual and when the words and the actions of other people have a part to play in making us realize that God is endeavoring to speak to us. And this we see in today's New Testament lesson. Jesus met Philip, who, like Peter and Andrew, came from the village of Bethsaida. I can't help but wonder where Jesus and Philip met. I wonder, was it in a village lane or store? Was it by the shore or in someone's home? We aren't told. But this we do know. Jesus asked Philip to follow him, and Philip accepted the invitation. As I reflected on this, I thought there must have been something about Jesus. His manner, or the way that he spoke, that made Philip decide there and then to follow him. But I'm wondering if there was also something else. Might Philip have been influenced by the decision of Peter and Andrew to follow Jesus earlier? Philip knew them. He knew what they were like. He knew they wouldn't just give up their livelihood to follow anyone. This man, Jesus, was different. So different that they laid their nets, the source of their income aside, to follow him. I wonder, 
as we think about our own faith journey, I imagine many of us will have been influenced by the example of other people. Think about it just for a moment. Maybe people we knew when we were young. They were good people. And in them, in their lives, we saw something of the goodness and the love of God. And such people helped us to see Jesus. I can think of lovely people that I have known in the past who were like that, and I'm sure you can think of them too. But possibly you came to faith another way. Perhaps you heard someone speak about the relationship with God. Maybe you listened to someone give their testimony, and that caused you to explore the teaching of Jesus and the claims that he made. And as such, you came to faith and became, as John Stott, one time rector of All Souls Church in London, said, a simple follower of Jesus Christ. I know of an individual whose journey of faith began one weekend when he was invited with others to a friend's home. A lovely weekend. He would get his meals made for him. It would be warm. There'd be plenty to eat and drink beside the log fire. Wonderful. But there was one guest there who was a Christian. And on the Sunday morning, he excused himself to go to church. And this man in particular thought, that's a bit odd. And he also thought it was bordering on bad manners to leave the house, the hosts, to go to church. And when the man who had gone to church came back, this guest spoke to him. And he said, why did you go to church? And the man said, well, I believe in God. It's important for me to go to church to worship God to meet with other Christian people and to build up my faith. The man didn't, if I can use that phrase, Bible bash. He wasn't heavy-handed. But he spoke gently and yet with authority. And he gave that man, that other guest, something to think about. And that's what the man did. In the days and weeks and months that followed, he reflected on what that person had shared with him. And 
he came to believe. Such was the influence of a faithful follower of the Lord. Can anything good come from Nazareth? That was the question posed by Nathanael. He was, as Jesus perceived, a good man, a man who was sincere and in whom there was no guile. And yet for him, Nazareth was not the place that would produce the Messiah. However, Nathanael was a thinker. He was a seeker after the truth. And therefore, he responded to Philip's invitation to come and see And he went to Jesus. And there was a conversation. A conversation that led Nathaniel to proclaim, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. We know that today many people appear indifferent to the things of God. And yet, it is my belief that within a number of them, there is a quest, a hunger, a seeking for something that this world cannot give. While such people may not necessarily come near a church building on a Sunday to pursue their search, they do nevertheless encounter individuals like you and me in the street, in the village shop, in the supermarket, on the golf course, on the bowling green. And I believe that God can and does use us, despite our human failings, to lead them to Him, just as Philip led Nathaniel to Jesus. In my morning devotions last week, I read these words from the book of Acts. Now when the men of the Sanhedrin saw the confidence and boldness of Peter and John and grasped the fact that they were uneducated and untrained ordinary men they were astounded and began to recognize that they had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus and it showed. It gave them the ability to speak up and be confident. I seem to be talking a lot with people these days about the church and our own denomination in particular. And while, like many, I have a deep love for the church, and I want only the best for it, I know that no amount of restructuring will cause people to be drawn to it. It's not quite, but one could almost suggest 
The restructuring is like the rearranging of deck chairs on a sinking ship. It will not make much difference. What the church needs is to be Christ-like. What the church needs is to allow the Holy Spirit to permeate our lives and for others to see something of Jesus Christ in us. We who are part of the church. And might it be that if they do seek and find, they will respond to that most gracious call of all, the call to follow. There's a question. Are we, the people of God today, willing to give the church back to Jesus. Come and see. That's an invitation, but it's also one that poses us with a question, a question that is easier to ask, perhaps, than to answer. What do people see when they look at us as individuals? What do they see? What do they hear? Paul said, I live, yet not I, but Christ Jesus lives in me. Can we say that? Or are we a work in progress? I certainly know I am. And what do people see and experience if they do enter our churches? Do they see a people who are inward-looking and parochial or who look out to the world and all its need? Do they see a people who think only of themselves or who are willing to go the second mile for others and for the Christ who often comes in the stranger's guise? Do they see people who are closed to new ideas and ways of doing things and for whom the words of the old hymn are so apt, for nothing changes here? Or do they see people who are fully open to the leading of the Holy Spirit and who are willing to do new things even if there is the possibility they might not succeed. Importantly, do they see a people like any other group of people? Or do they see a people who are different? Because, like Peter and John, we have been with Jesus. Can anything good come from Nazareth? asked Nathaniel. Come and see, replied Philip. Are we able with confidence to say to the Nathaniels, the questioners, 
the searchers and the seekers who are out there beyond our doors to come and see? Or as a church, do we have some work to do? I think we know the answer to that question. Of course we do. But it's not beyond us. For as we seek to follow Jesus Christ, we have his promise that he will journey beside us. And if we let him, he will make us the people we are called to be. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. We come now to our closing hymn, a great favourite with many people, hymn 251, 251, I the Lord of sea and sky.
in faith and in confidence, and the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, descend upon you and remain with you, now and forevermore.